Woo, Lordy. It's hot. Damn hot. Isn't it? It's like 90 degrees outside or like 100 degrees outside with like 90% humidity. You know, it's like you step outside and it's like you instantly can like feel the air hit your skin. And it's like, ugh, those balmy summer days, you know, right before fall when the air is really damp and, you know, there's storms and hurricanes and everything is just hot and humid. Well, that's what we're in right now. And oh boy, I don't like it. I I prefer to stay inside, you know, with the air conditioning and, you know. Yeah, yeah, the older I get, I know, maybe the the softer I get, but, you know, I can't help it. You have the luxury of, you know, air conditioning on a day like this. It's really hard to forego, you know, the comforts, right? And uh, you know what? That's the perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about today. Um, Well, you know, lately I've been checking out these prepper videos, you know, because everybody right now... Like in America and, you know, probably in other countries too. Like there's like this huge contingency of people that believe that the end is near and, uh, you know, we're going to have to go into lockdown again and we're all going to need to prep, you know, have food and supplies to survive the next lockdown. So there's this, you know, frantic kind of atmosphere right now on YouTube and social media of people that are, you know, preparing, prepping for the next lockdown. And, you know, I got to say something. A a while ago, a long time ago, um, there were a lot of people who were criticizing the prepper movement like they were these crazies, right? But isn't it funny how now the preppers are actually right You know, that there are certain things that you need to kind of, you know, stock up on or prepare for, you know, in order to get through the lockdown. I'm sure a lot of us uh, in the last lockdown, the first one, uh, were kind of caught off guard. You know, we didn't really have a chance to really get it together enough. And of course, it wasn't like so bad that we couldn't survive it. Like the grocery stores were still open and all that kind of stuff. The, The shelves were maybe a little bit emptier than usual, right? But there was still plenty of food for people. So this time around, you know, people are predicting that it's going to be worse and it maybe won't be as easy as the last time. And I got to say, you know, it's uh, kind of funny how uh, time changes things, you know, and these people who were once you know, nuts and kind of like paranoid and overreacting. Well, you know, they're not entirely wrong. Now, in my opinion, they're not entirely right either, but they're not entirely wrong. I mean, there is some wisdom in stocking up on some things, especially particular things that are normally difficult for you to obtain, you know, um, maybe stock up on those, you know, and maybe have some extra water and everything. And actually, you know, it reminds me, okay, because uh, I have a little bit of prepper in me, myself, um, because back in like 2011, um, my wife and I went through or survived, you know, a massive, massive tornado that came through our town um, and uh, several power outages ice storms, you know, 
maybe it was like 2009 to 2011. It just seemed like we were always getting hit with something. And there was a long stretch of time somewhere in there where we didn't have power. And I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but all the stuff that's going on right now is kind of reminding me like, yeah, you know, my wife and I really did go through uh, a crisis, you know, where we were literally, you know, bathing out of a bucket, you know, with a towel and a sponge. And we were literally going without, you know, um, like a stove and refrigerator. Like we had to uh, make do with what we had. And fortunately for us, you know, we were able to get it together enough and, you know, uh, survive, you know, relatively comfortably, like a week and a half, maybe, or a week of no power, like no power at all. So everything uh, that ran on, you know, electricity was gone. And we managed okay, but we came out of that experience a lot wiser than when we had gone into it. And we immediately kind of stocked up on all the things that we did rely on that we were able to buy during that week. We kind of, you know, spent some extra money and we we made like this little container filled with all the stuff we would need, you know. And uh, maybe over the next year or so, we just, every time we went to the store or we went to a thrift store, we saw something, you know, we would buy it for this thing, this container. We called it our bug out box. You know, if we ever had to bug out, like throw it in the car and go, you know, that kind of thing. Um, We had that all set up and we still do. And uh, so there's a little bit of prepper in me and I see the wisdom in doing it that way. You know, it's not entirely crazy to plan ahead a little bit. I mean, it's just like anything else, right? Like with your finances or, you know, uh, your yard, you know, or your food or your dishes. I mean, you got to kind of prepare. You got to think into the future, right? You wash the plate because you want to eat off of it the next day. So like you, you're thinking ahead. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is kind of funny to me that... You know, there's this culture that's grown up around prepping. And uh, it's a really interesting kind of social experiment or uh, anthropological study, you know, of these people, how they react and like what they're doing and how they're doing it and what they're doing it for. And, you know, it's like, I guess to me, it seems like sometimes, okay, there's this thing, it's maybe part of human nature where we all kind of want to feel like we know more than other people do. Like we want to feel like we're in the know and other people are not and we will tell them something. And I suppose that even I would be guilty of that myself. I mean, you know, I pontificate all the time on this podcast, so I'm not immune to that. You know, I can criticize myself, right? Um, But I do notice that in this prepper culture, there's this thing where it's like it's on the borderline of being selfish. You know, it's it's borderline selfishness where it's like um, I'll stock up on things. I'll gather up all these things. And then if people need my assistance because they didn't prepare, 
I'll barter with them and I'll exploit their, you know, lack of preparation, you know, and I'll gain from that. Like it turns into something like that. And I got to tell you, I'm just not down with that. You know, I'm not down with that kind of attitude or that kind of thinking. And not all preppers are that way. But from what I see, because I watch a lot of those videos, I mean, they're all over my YouTube right now because, you know, it's algorithmed, right? So I watched one and now I get like, what, 30 different prepper videos, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's laughable to me in some ways. It's also kind of a little bit disappointing. Uh, in some ways, it goes along with what I was talking about in my last podcast, where it's like, you know, really, it seems like uh, just in general, as Americans or whatever, we have just this weird kind of bad will towards each other. Like, we're not really concerned about each other. We're really concerned about ourselves. And uh, it's a little disappointing, a little bit weird. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm way off base, so I'll concede to that too. But I don't think so. But uh, not all those videos are bad, right? Not all those prepper videos are bad. Some of them are actually informative and useful. And actually, it kind of like um, that whole prepper community thing kind of bumps up against, uh, you know, the patriot movement right now in America, you know, and um, log cabin living, like living off grid and all that kind of stuff. And I'm really, really fascinated by that. And there's a couple channels uh, these log cabin channels that I really do get some, you know, an entertainment from, you know, they're actually really good. Um, but uh, it's kind of funny, too, because they're again, you know, they're in these log cabin, you know, off grid videos. You know, there's this culture that emerges of people that gather around these videos and it's really kind of funny to me because I've come to like this conclusion that with like log cabin videos and like prepper videos and all that, what it's really kind of like about is like not really survival. It's about food. <laughs> it's like this, this religion of food, you know? <laughs> and uh, I guess that's a little extreme, but I'm sure you can take it as I'm saying it, right? It's tongue in cheek folks. Uh, trigger warning, you know, uh, uh, geez, can you even imagine? Oh, anyway, the point was, is that, you know, these videos are like the, the people that gather around these videos are all like really into not so much like the log cabin, not so much being off grid, not so much being out in the wilderness, but they're really more like about eating food in that environment. So cooking bacon and eggs on a, you know, a open fire and having coffee and the, the joy of eating that good food in that environment made without electricity. That's like what it's about. Or like, you know, catching like a turkey, killing a turkey and like preparing it in the wild, you know, preparing it in your cabin with your rustic, kitchen and making it good and eating it while it's, you know, you're looking out the window at the snow falling in the forest. You know, it's like there's this, uh, I guess it would be called a fetish, <laughs> a food fetish, you know, a cabin, a log cabin food fetish. <laughs> 
can you imagine? But it really is that way. It's at least it seems like that to me. It's like these people that just really want to watch a person eat food in a log cabin, you know, and be secure and safe and cozy, you know. And I got to admit, there's a part of me that likes it too, you know. It's I'm not too, I'm not too cool for it, you know. But uh, it's also kind of funny because you know I find myself watching these log cabin videos. And a lot of these cabins are like things that like people made, like the people in the video made the cabin, you know, by themselves. They cut the trees down, they cleaned the bark off the logs, they notched the logs and they measured everything and they built this cabin by themselves out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and uh, that's admirable and everything. And I kind of find myself sitting there watching it, you know, thinking like, oh man, you know, I wonder what it would be like you know, to live in a log cabin, like in the forest, you know, like out in the middle of nowhere. And then I realized like, (laughs) I do live in a log cabin in the middle of the forest, out in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, there you go. It's one of those things like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm capable of stupid folks. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So anyway, what else do I want to talk about today? Oh, you know, I wanted to tell you, I want to say I'm working on this new song. I'm just going to talk about it really quick because I'm sure a lot of people don't really give a hang if I've released a new song or not. But I'm working on this new song and it's taking me forever. I mean, this song is just taking me forever. I've been working on it now for like a month and a half and it's not done yet. And it's like... Ah, oh, so frustrating. I mean, I suppose that, you know, I have had kind of a busy schedule over the past month, but that's still no excuse, and it's just driving me nuts. And I wanted to have that song done today. Like, I wanted to have it out for the weekend, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And I decided, you know, a long time ago, I'm not going to hurry, you know, I'm not going to try to, like, hurry up and release songs. I'm going to wait till they're finished, and when they're finished, they're finished, and they'll be released and that's where I'm at right now with this tune but it's driving me nuts so if you are a fan of Pipe Choir and you're waiting for the next track for the new album it's on its way trust me I think it'll be worth the wait it's going to be a really good track a really strong one and then right after that I got two that are already done in the can ready to go I'm just waiting on this one track to be finished so be you know be expecting that be looking for that in the next week or so um anyway so you know i've been watching of course a lot of youtube as i work in my studio a lot of log cabin videos a lot of prepper videos and then of course you know world news you know all the things that come up with uh donald trump and joe biden and the election in america and antifa and riots and protesting and black lives matter and all this stuff right and it's like unavoidable it's like uh you know something you cannot get away from and that's okay because i guess people you know need to be informed or whatever but after a while for me i just kind of get burned out on it and i really I would rather watch a log cabin video. I want to eat, watch somebody eat pancakes in their log cabin in the winter, you know, as opposed to, you know, who Joe Biden picked as his running mate for the election. But all this stuff, all these things that I'm kind of seeing, you know, these political issues that are coming up and everything. And the, of course, the COVID-19 and all that stuff, all the things that we've all been living through, 
you know, over the past, you know, six months or whatever it is now. Can you imagine? It's already been six months. Whoa. Is that right? March, April, May, June, July, August. Yeah, we're in the sixth month of COVID. Whoa. But, um, you know, there's all these problems, right? Like in America and like around the world, there's all this crisis and all this stuff going on. And I got to thinking about it, you know, and I'm like, you know, there's all these things. I guess you can consider them problems like, you know, social problems like there's a problem with Black Lives Matter. There's a problem with the issues around, you know, free speech and Antifa, and uh, you know, patriots and the NRA and, you know, the far right and the far left. But you want to know what I think the real problem in America is? I think this is like a really serious, serious problem, too, and one that I don't know if there's a solution to. At least I can't think of one yet, but the real problem in America is not all this political stuff that we see going on right and left or center. It's not that. It's not our foreign relations or trade deals. The real problem in America, and this will, of course, play out in the next few months, is that there is no way to truly verify a vote. That is the problem that faces America right now. And it's a big problem right now, but it's going to be a massive problem in November. Okay. Because when you really think about it, okay, when it comes to voting, as secure as you try to make that process, especially now at the age of technology, no matter how hard you try, to foolproof that process, there really is no way to guarantee the vote count. It's impossible. I mean, you can trust other people, I guess, who count the votes. Maybe, you know, but who are they? And like, who picked them to count the votes? Like, how, 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 how? Is it possible that it can be guaranteed to anyone that their vote will be counted? How can it be guaranteed to any American citizen that all the votes will be counted and the election will be true? There is no way. As far as I can see, maybe, maybe I'm wrong because, you know, I'm not like an electioneer professional. You know, I don't really know. But I see that as the biggest problem that America is facing right now. It's not COVID. No, it's not COVID. It's not any of that stuff, that periphery. The real problem is, is that we have an election coming up and there's no way for either side to guarantee that the vote count will be true and accurate and honest. There's no way. So there you go, happy innovators. There's a problem for you to solve. Can you do it? Can you think of a solution? And here's another thing. This is another thing. I oof, I got to tell you something I've been noticing a lot lately, especially when I go out and about, you know, when I hit the town and I kind of see how things are going. And I got to tell you, there's this weird kind of thing emerging. I think I haven't quite worked it out in my head yet, but it's something that I've been thinking about and kind of like paying attention to. All right. Is that ever since COVID-19 
came, the lockdown came and all that stuff. I've noticed that there's been like naturally um, a lot more like rules. Okay. And I have no problem with that. You know, rules are good. They're good to have, you know, it kind of keeps civilization in check. It kind of keeps things moving smoothly. You know, that's the idea, right? About rules is, you know, kind of trying to, you know, preserve what we have and, you know, continue on, on into the future. Right. And that's why we have rules. Right. But ever since COVID-19 kicked in and the lockdown and all that, um, you know, there are so many new rules. And the problem isn't really that there are rules. The problem is that, you know, you'll have a situation where somebody somewhere decides what the rules will be. And that person or persons may or may not be, you know, elected or, you know, an official or a highly educated and intelligent person or, you know, there's no guarantee, you know, like, for instance, if you go to a store, a grocery store, let's say, all right, somebody at that grocery store has to decide the rules, right, for that grocery store. Like, the federal government won't decide for them. You know, they have to decide, like, what door people come in, you know, which way the arrows in the aisle are pointed, you know, uh, the rules and, you know, um, you know, the lists of things that are kind of, you know, rationed, the things that you have to kind of, you know, you can only buy three of and that kind of stuff. Somebody in that store has to make that rule. And uh, I'm, of course, I'm using a store as just an example. This can apply to a mall. It can apply to an amusement park or a sporting event or, uh, you know, anything that you can think of. A gas station, you know, a mini mart, any of that stuff. Somebody has to make the rules. And the person who makes the rules is not always, okay, not always going to be somebody who's intelligent enough to be making good rules. You know, rules that are fruitful and effective and prevent disease from spreading, right? So you step into this environment, let's say, and, uh, you know, you have to wear a mask, you have to walk this way, you can only go through this door, you can't go through that door, you know, all these kinds of things that you have to do, right? Um, But I'm to the point now where sometimes the rules that I'm confronted with are so stupid and like so like ill-informed or not thought through completely or you know made by someone who's really not qualified to be making rules for all the people like they're not smart enough they're not intelligent enough and it doesn't make any difference like if you're a Harvard graduate going to that grocery store you still have to jump through the hoops that you know, maybe just for the sake of discussion, a really stupid person made like these really stupid rules that really don't make any sense and they don't really prevent the spread of disease or pandemic. I mean, pandemic. I mean, pandemic. I mean, pandemic. Um, do you know what I'm saying? 
like they're so stupid and weird like you're you're confused as to why is this a rule and that's a dumb idea like that's just a flat out stupid idea like they're trying to prevent the spread of pandemic but it can only go through one door and I can only go out one door that doesn't make any sense at least to me it doesn't maybe you can explain the logic to me okay maybe but I don't see it and there's like a whole host of rules like that that are just like they're so minor and small but they're stupid and if you don't follow them like you can get into trouble you know it's so strange like what a weird, weird social, what, uh, emergence, you know? It's like, it's such a strange thing. Like, all the people of a community having to follow the rules that were made by somebody who may or may not be, like, really stupid and really bad at making rules and really not qualified to be making rules for everybody yet there they are you know they're the what store manager or the store rules manager or the store covid manager whoever they are you know it doesn't mean that they're like this highly intelligent person who's really thinking it through and making wise and reasonable choices for all the customers that will come through it's like these really dumb stupid trivial rules that have nothing to do with preventing a pandemic. I mean, a pandemic, you know, nothing to do with it. I think about that. Like we're all technically sometimes, right? We're at the mercy possibly of somebody who's like really, really stupid. And if you don't follow the rules from like that stupid person, you get in trouble. <laughs> Whoa. You know, think about that. Take that into the future with you. You know, like that's what we're living through on a day-to-day basis here in the States. That That's really the kind of stuff we have to kind of worry about. Is like what other stupid rules are going to be imposed by, you know, people who are just really not qualified to be making rules for everybody. You know, it's like there they are. This is the list of rules and you better follow them. Or what, you know, you get in trouble or, you know, you have some Karen chase you out of the store, which I have had happen, you know, some weird ass lady followed me out of the store the other day yelling at me about something, you know, Um, and uh, I just at the time I didn't know what a Karen was. (laughs) Wow. You know, this lady was losing her mind and, you know, I was kind of taken aback a little bit like who are you and why are you talking to me are you okay you know this lady was (laughs) clearly in distress like something was really wrong Uh, you know emotionally with her or something or you know psychologically there was something going on it's kind of like a I don't know it's a little bit harsh you know what I won't even talk about it but You know, it was just one of those things. I looked at this lady and she's just flipping out like she just needed to flip out. And I'm kind of like watching her flip out and just standing there trying to calm her down and, you know, find out what's wrong. And, uh, you know, I came to this conclusion that this woman, I could be wrong, but this woman, she seemed like she was like afraid. 
you know, not afraid of me, obviously, because she, you know, followed me out of the store yelling at me about something, but um, afraid, like globally, like in her brain, like um, maybe she's alone, you know, maybe there's all this stuff going on in the world. She's afraid um, for her safety and her future. You know, she doesn't have somebody there with her to, you know, make her feel less afraid or make her feel protected, you know, Um, which is, you know, generally the role that, you know, a man would play, you know, make their wife feel comfortable and protected. Right. So maybe this woman is going through some kind of thing. Maybe a lot of women are. Maybe. Maybe. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, But maybe these women are afraid. You know, these Karens, these women they call Karens, the reason that they're lashing out and flipping out and acting the way they are, because it's like so irrational and so strange and weird that it's like either fake, like it's like a bullshit video that somebody posted of this lady freaking out that they went like, ready, action. And she started flipping out and they're like, oh, look, it goes viral because people do that shit too. But, or... You know, it's like genuine footage of a woman flipping out and I have to believe it happens because it actually happened to me, you know. Um, So maybe that's what it is. Like this, there's this streak of fear that's running through a lot of these, what, single women or maybe single women and men, you know, going through something like COVID and lockdowns and stuff when you're alone is really a lot different than doing it with a spouse or with a partner or with your kids or like with a dog or something like these people are really alone and they're really afraid. And if, you know, shit hits the fan, like they're going to be on their own. I can understand that. I can understand why that lady would be scared and flipping out and acting out and being so strange. You know, she was insane. I mean, this woman was insane and I could see it in her eyes, but it was like fear. She was afraid. She's worried. She's worried. You know, she's so worried about what's going on that she's trying to police everyone around her, you know, to maintain some kind of control and order, maybe. It was really kind of sad. Actually, I should devote more thought to that. It just kind of swung into my mind really quick, but it did happen. You know, it did happen. And uh, like I said, when it did, this my experience with a, a Karen, I'll let you hashtag Karen, you know, or whatever, Google Karen, um, K-A-R-E-N. It's a play on words, you know, and it's a technically, I guess, like a, well, probably like a racist term, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, it's something to think about. Whoa, that's pretty weird. Yeah, forgot about that. This idea that there's these women that are single and they're so worried and so afraid, maybe, that they feel the need to control people around them, even perfect strangers, you know, to chastise people for not wearing a mask or to chastise people for wearing the wrong type of mask or chastise people for going the wrong way in the grocery store, you know, not following the arrows or, you know, I mean, this is real, you know, this is real. And, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, I was talking about rules and how they're stupid and there's so many. And then, you know, I'm talking about Karens. Maybe they go hand in hand, you know, like with COVID and with lockdowns, you get Karens and really stupid rules. You know, maybe that's just how it is. And uh, 
you know, I'll put that in my prepper box, you know, as I get ready for the next lockdown. I suggest you do the same thing, you know, at least get some, you know, basic things, the basic things. You don't have to have a bunker, you know, filled with, you know, 30 years worth of lima beans, you know, there's a lot of little things you can think about, you know, I'll give you a couple little things that I learned. Okay, when the power went down, here I'll give you some helpful tips. Okay, uh, get a a lot of jugs of water, just just water. Okay, not for drinking. Okay, but for flushing your toilet, because when there is no power, you know, there's no electricity to run anything, and the power grid goes down, you're gonna need to flush your toilet. And you're not going to want to flush your toilet with, you know, clean drinking water necessarily. Just get a garden hose, fill up a few jugs of water and be ready. Because that's one of the first things you're going to need is a means to flush your toilet. Okay. I learned that the hard way and uh, I'll never make that mistake again. So, you know, I got like a nice little supply in my basement of toilet flushing water. You know, it's waiting for me. It's waiting for the grid to go down, you know. And um, uh, do yourself a favor. Get some sterno. You know, those little things you can light. Uh, you can cook food over. You know, you can cook them inside. They're not toxic. I uh, got a whole bunch of those. Those really came in handy when the power went down. You know, when you want a pot of coffee, but you don't want to stand outside you know, making your coffee over an open fire, you can light a sterno and you can have some coffee. It's possible. In America here, you know, and of course, at the Singularity Podcast, coffee is like, you know, of the utmost importance in my life. You know, can't live without it. Um, so there you go. A couple of helpful tips. And let me see. I think I'm done talking today. You know, like I said last week, my last podcast, I'll say it again. Stay tuned for some new music. I'm working really hard, but trust me, this song I'm working on is pretty good. I think it's pretty good, and it's worth the time that I'm taking to make it perfect. I'm not going to cut any corners. I'm not going to hurry and try to get it out. I'm going to take my time. And uh, until then, I'll give you guys some music to listen to at the end of the podcast. little thing I've been doing for a while now. Um, So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. Otherwise... Ladies and gents, my happy innovators, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy. Okay, all you happy innovators, the beautiful ones who stick around, you know, after the podcast is over and they just want to hear some new music, right? Or an oldie but goodie, right? And uh, I got one for you today. It's a song I did a while ago called Time Train. Uh, 
It's one that I like a lot. It's one that I listen to a lot and um, one that I'm proud of and one that has kind of gotten used a lot in videos and stuff like that on YouTube, you know, different uh, content creators have snapped it up and put it in their videos and stuff. And and, uh, I think that it's appropriate for today. You know, it's a hot, balmy day. Maybe uh, get a cold drink, sit down, you know, and watch the wind rattle through the trees and listen to Time Train. Uh, I released it, oh, I think back in 2014, 2016 or something like that. I don't even remember anymore. Sorry. Um, But uh, let me see. What do I remember about Time Train? Well, I when I made that song, uh, I liked it as I was making it. I mean, I really did. I knew it was going to be a good one. And uh, it is. It's one I listen to. It's one I use when I'm trying to concentrate and study or learn something or work on something. You know, I'll put this song on in the background and it's just great to work to. So why don't you check it out and tell me if you agree. Okay, so by PC3 uh, from the PC3 album Music for a Weary World, I think, volume one. Uh, This is Time Train. Enjoy, folks. Peace out. Stay safe. And don't forget to maybe go to the store and get a few extra things. Okay, just prepare a little bit for the lockdown that's probably coming uh, in late August or maybe early September. You know, Uh, maybe as you're writing out your list of things to get, you can be listening to Time Train, right? Because, you know, time is like a train and we're all on it. We're all heading towards the future at lightning speed, right? So peace out, everybody. Be fun, be safe, be happy. Try to be happy. Try to be calm, you know? And uh, you'll be hearing from me soon. Later days.